Hi everybody, I'm Sal, and you're listening to the Elseworlds Exchange, brought to you by Comic Pop. Go to comicpop.net for all your YouTube comic book needs. This episode in particular is brought to you by TeePublic. Go to tpublic.com slash store slash comic pop and find yourself an amazing t-shirt with a really, really great design on it. Some of those designs are made in-house by us here at Comic Pop, including our Comic Pop logo t-shirt, an Ultron t-shirt, and a Head Crabs from Half-Life t-shirt. They're really, really fun designs. You should check them out. They also don't have tags, the... Sizes are printed on the back of the shirt, so you don't have to worry about that uncomfortable tag stuff. They're really comfortable shirts. I would not shill for these guys if I didn't already have a mess of their shirts that I purchased myself. I like them a lot. Check them out. Go to tpublic.com slash door slash comic pop and find one for yourself. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes a friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. A mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of the law. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Elseworlds Exchange. I'm Sal, this is Cape Joel, and we're going to be talking about the worst movie sequels of all time here on the Elseworlds Exchange. Welcome back, Joel. Of course, uh, it feels like you've never left. I've literally spent four days with you, man. It's true. We spent four days, you know, just like this. Me joined at your hip, of this which I thank you for allowing me to mollusk onto you. Oh, I'm glad you were able to, man, because it's a, it's a big open world out there, especially when it's con season in New York City. You need to grab onto somebody who knows where the hell to go. Uh, thankfully, we were intelligent enough to s- position ourselves so that we didn't need to navigate subways or mass transit to get where we were going. Oh, yes, uh, that was very lucky. I feel bad for our friend Caitlin, who got an Airbnb like an hour away and had to like take the ferry in every yeah, day. I mean, it's enchanting. I love the ferry. But at the same time, like, yeah, I know she was late to a lot of things as a result of it. So I, I especially that day where it just pissed rain nonstop. That was Thank the last you. day, Sunday, which yeah. is. Yeah, rain Th- thank, all day. Thank you, residual effects of that hurricane everyone was talking about. But I will say, uh, like halfway through the day, went away, and it was a gorgeous day afterwards. Yeah, and we have Periscope proof of this. You Periscoped us walking back there. That's right. That was, uh, that was a really nice day. Yeah, I wanted to really like capture a fly-on-the-wall like ride-along kind of experience, so I decided to do that. But uh, yeah, today we're going to be talking about the worst movie sequels of all time. We are going to exclude superhero movie sequels and comic books because those are their own episodes. A comic book the- movie sequels is an episode that people have been asking us for for a while. Oh, yes. It was literally, it was going to be that or bad movie sequels. Like, we flipped a coin. And we went with bad movie sequels. So we're just going to talk about movies in general and, and more or less just the worst movie sequels of all mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. I tried uh, to... Su- Okay. So I was going to say superhero movie sequels is a show in and of itself. Yep. And also I would argue Disney movie sequels oh, is yeah. a show in and of itself. My my experience with Disney movie sequels is so is, is tenuous at best because when they started doing that I was already too kind of kind of graduating away from Disney movies in general. And when I saw like, you know, Lady and the Tramp 2, I'm like, "Come on." And I just I just shut off. I think I caught Return of Jafar and was like, "Whoa, quality dive." Uh, okay, I oh, see yes. what I can expect from the he, sequels left. He, he, here is the thing about Disney movie sequels. It's probably the only thing you need to know about it. They come in two flavors. Either the pilot for a TV show they were planning to make, which Return of Jafar was, and indeed Little Mermaid it eventually... 2. Yep, uh, again, pilot for TV shows they would try and make, and in some cases they would actually happen. In some cases, even they'd get lazy. There was the Atlantis sequel, which was literally just like four truncated episodes they had in the bank. Oh, my God. And they're like, let's see if this becomes anything. It didn't. No, the movie didn't become anything. <laughs> no. 
And then, you know, there's the other type, the much more common type, and that is the children of the characters from the first movie learn the exact same lesson that their parents from the first movie learned. While that is a truism, you know, children oftentimes will repeat the mistakes of their parents, I don't know if it needs to be immortalized. These are stories that are literal cash grabs. There's no point to them. There's nobody who was working at Disney that said, have we told everything have we explored every untapped story potential from the Lion King? No. Let's go with it. And and as I understand, Apparently of course, not. they did do like that Timon and Pumbaa, like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern movie. But like that that's... was funny. That was that was every so often in the Disney sequels, they'll get creative. They did that. They did a time travel plot with like the third Cinderella movie, if you can believe it. I cannot believe that. <laughs> they did. They they did a time travel one, and then even you'll get something like Aladdin three, where it's like, okay, let's actually bring this full circle and bring it to an end. Like, hey, let's bring in Aladdin's dad, who's totally not Sean Connery, and let's like you know riff on the third Indiana Jones while we're at it. That was it. very much a Last Crusader ripoff. Um, but don't sure worry, was. we'll be talking more about Indiana Jones in a little bit. Oh, um, you bet we will be. So before we get into our actual list, and maybe a couple of movies will will, will fall out as a result of this conversation. They always talk, do. Yeah, I want to talk about movie sequels in general and how you more or less have two schools of thought. You always when it first when I first started getting into film, and I'm sure with you as well, Joel. Uh, when I first started getting into film and thinking about and exploring movie sequels. At first, it was there were pretty much two roads. There was the creative road, where it was mm-hmm. we always kind of had an idea for a story that was going to keep going, and so as a result of its success, we decided to keep going with the second one. And then there was the cash grab. Oh yes, like one where it was just we didn't have any plan, and we just it happened to make money, so we're going to make <laughs> another one. Um, and there are a lot of movies that got sequels uh, that uh, struck gold more than once it still wound up working out but for me uh i found that when they tried to explore untapped potential just because just to follow the almighty dollar it oftentimes fell into the category that we're exploring today diminishing returns is a real thing with Mm. sequels and that is you know you know if it did good the first time doesn't always mean it'll do as good the second time no it's true yeah somebody just mentioned that the paranormal activity sequels i mean paranormal activity is not a story it's more of a gimmick and so, it it, just like uh, like Blair Witch, for example, it, that had a story. And mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. I kind of dug the first Blair Witch movie uh, when I first saw it. And I saw it in theaters. It was kind of scary, and it was in the fledgling days of the internet. And so, you kind of had this. Even though the the rational part of your brain's like, "There's no way this is real." There's a part of you that wants to believe that it was real. You wanted so, to take the ride. Yeah, and so you you kind of just shut it off and then explore. And and they they throw out like all these different ideas and all this different world building, and they do it in kind of an organic way. Where uh, while normally it would be in a traditional movie like an an info dump, like here's a bunch of yeah. info context in the in the, the 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 couching of the story, it's all part of a documentary. So as such, mm-hmm, characters mm-hmm. will just dump information at you, and it works. <laughs> it makes sense as a result. Um, but that said, um, you know the the Blair Witch Two. Uh, was uh, Book of Shadows. Book of Shadows, thank you. Was obviously, for me, it was obviously just they had a script that kind of had a similar idea and they so just slapped, superimpose it. And they just slapped Blair Witch on it 
and just, and, and just but book of shadows out. is interesting too because it actually took like a little bit more thought than your average cash grab sequel because it's like okay well let's take this concept and let's totally blow it up and let's get really meta and outside the box with it i yeah. mean it wasn't good but i give it credit though for at least aiming higher than most sequels do it had uh, and, and i actually kind of like applaud the ending to that movie because while it's obviously you know, trying to just trade on the name, and it might have just been just a pile of shit movie that they just called Blair Witch 2, uh, they still wound up, like, sticking to their guns and making something interesting. That's better than I can say for something like Terminator Salvation, which was a movie that, that had an ending that they were all incredibly proud of themselves for doing, and yep. then when the internet heard about it, they all said that was dumb, and so they changed it at the last second, and it's really obvious. Yep. I would um, say, you know, the Terminator franchise in general... It's been a lot of bad sequels in a row. Let us not forget Geonisis. Oh my god. I didn't even bother. Because I at this point Neither did I. At this point, you know, it's if dead. it says Terminator, you're not gonna go like it's not gonna be good. It's um, it's a dead franchise. It's another ubiquitous nerd franchise that we should, you know, applaud when it does good and ignore it when it does bad. Terminator to me has entered the same ranks as stuff like The Crow or Highlander. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what's funny? Uh, for me, the Crow Crow and Highlander, at least, with Ter Terminator, at least has one good sequel. It's true. As opposed to Crow and Highlander, which, which don't. Have, have no good sequels, and the closest ones they have to being good sequels are just complete and utter retreads of the first one. Exactly. The only one Highlander movie sequel that I enjoy is the Endgame one, where it's literally oh. just a sequel to the show. And mm. a torch baton passing mo like moment, which <laughs> very comic book, very yeah, legacy hero. Such a garbage movie, though. It's basically God, just a double length episode of Highlander the series. But, sure is. But it's such. It, it, but, but it's at least well shot. It's just such garbage. But this, Lambert being too old and sick and almost blind too. Like, doesn't he suffer from like blindness in one eye? He can barely fight. So when you actually get the big fight moment, it's really disappointing. It's really sad. Um, that that movie's also a bit of a lie too. There's like a multitude of different cuts out there, and they filmed shit only for the trailer to try and get people excited to that's see that. Weak. I mean, that's the, the, very weak. The Highlander series for me, it's not like a a tentpole franchise movie that requires <laughs> integrity and self respect. It's it's a movie that is literally just well let let's create convenience so that we can have modern people wearing trench coats fighting, fighting with, with swords. swords. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like that, the, the whole mythology and world building of the show with the watchers and the, the oh, non-involvement, yeah. like that's all just, we need to keep the lights on, make it like extend the show. <laughs> I don't know, whatever, fucking add this stuff, add this, you know, but as far as the Highlander movie, like it was just an indie flick where it was like, wouldn't Definitely. this be cool? And I think Queen agreed. And so as such, we have a bitchin' soundtrack. Oh, hell yeah. Born a, to be kings. We are the princes of the universe. Oh God, it's so great. I mean, Queen Who is Who wants to live cool. forever? <laughs> The uh, but yeah, Highlander is one of those movies. Crow is another one where Crow is number number one. Whenever they talk about rebooting the Crow, you're like, what the fucking? What are you doing? A every subsequent sequel was basically a remake, and they were all terrible. It's a product of its time. The Crow can only exist in the black guyliner goth mm -hmm. era of 1993. It was lightning in a bottle with a soundtrack that shall never be topped. That's true. Uh, also, by the way, uh, should not be on this list because it's a comic book movie adaptation. But it does... People but, forget that. But People everyone forget forgets that. And the fact is, like, everyone who does 
who loves The Crow probably also doesn't know that it was a comic book. That's <laughs> they love it because true. it's goth. Uh, but yeah, Crow never got a good sequel. Nope. Never worked out for them. And um, I, ho- I hope they don't remake it, even though they keep threatening to remake it. Yes, please, just don't. That's the thing, is that you can never count on Hollywood to just not do something. They will definitely mm-hmm. do it if they think there's even the slightest chance of getting a buck. See also the Mortal Kombat sequel. Oh, God, yes. Uh, what was that one? Annihilation? I think that was Annihilation. Uh, uh, the first one is a guilty ple- was a guilty pleasure of mine until recently when I saw it. Like, I had watched it. I remember when I saw it in theaters and was like, this is the greatest superhero, the greatest video game movie sequel I've, or movie I've ever seen in my life. How amazing is this? And, oh, yeah, uh, I, I saw it as a kid, too, and I'm like, this is the coolest shit. It's colored ninja people punching each other, like, in my video game. Yeah, it literally was freaking awesome. And despite the fact that... Uh, Raiden wasn't even close to Asian. It was Christopher Lambert, so who cares? Bringing it back to Highland. Exactly. Uh, that movie was, and it had like pretty, pretty killer uh, special effects back then. Although mm-hmm. I think Reptile still probably looked pretty bad back then too. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but then then you made Highland. Then you made Mortal Kombat 2: Annihilation, which was like the birdemic of video game sequels. Sure was. Unless you count any Yui. Yui Bowl movie, but I don't think those are movies. Ooh. I don't count. No, Yui, the- like it's it's like making fun of a clown when you talk about Yui Bowl movies. You know, he's like he's he's also been on record as being like I'm a hack. I deliberately buy movie franchises it's, so that it, I can. It's a tax scam. I do this to abuse German tax law. Right, like he's a fucker and a liar and a thief. And uh, the movies that he makes don't even deserve you know like being discussed. Like when someone talks about the worst movies of all time, you know, you talk about like The Room, which was the best kind of terrible movie. It's like a uh, plan nine from outer space where yeah. it's somebody at the helm who had way too much creative control, who believed way too much in their own vision, who had a huge ego and mm. wanted to just see what they had in their head on screen, but lacked any talent and any foresight to make that actually realized. And so I, you got I, I something think, beautifully I, I, terrible. I could... I could be wrong, but I think they actually changed the German tax law that he had been abusing just because do. he was so flagrant about his abuse for it. Yeah, he would just he, – when he did press tours, he'd just be like, lol, fuck you. But basically, for those of you who don't know, there was a thing that Uwe Boll was you know, uh, kind of uh, abusing, and that is that if you make a movie in Germany – uh, as part of their like endowments for the arts or anything, they will reimburse you at least half of whatever you spent making it. Yeah. So yeah. pretty much he would just make it for as much as he had to, and he would just you know crunch the numbers to the point where he would never lose, and everything he did was just pure profit. That's fucked. Like that is that is just theft. That's like the Adam Sandler. Uh, I want to make my movie in Hawaii because I'd like a free trip to Hawaii <laughs> with all my friends. Uh, scam. Tevye just brought up there, isn't he also a boxer? Not really, but as part of a thing there, he would actually challenge critics who didn't like his movies to boxing matches, and he would beat the shit out of these poor little bloggers and internet writers. Right, and it's all, but it was also just all publicity and all a stunt and all horse. It's just more horse shit. So too do I lump the Sharknado movies in because mm. once again, like okay, the, I don't remember the name of the production company that makes those Sharknado movies slash sci-fi uh, the movies. Asylum. Yeah, the the ones who like churn out these movies constantly where they're like let's hire terrible actors we get one d-list actor who's not working who is aware of their failure and then we'll cast them in it and we'll we'll do deliberately terrible special effects in order to make it hilarious i don't consider those to be 
re I don't consider them films. I don't consider them bad movies. I don't lump them in, you know, like I, 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 my criteria for a bad movie is that they thought they were making a real movie. That yeah. It needs to be there. There's a level of earnestness somewhere on the bedrock of that film, especially like look at a uh, fantastic four, the Roger Corman flick where oh, yeah, it was, yeah. Everyone who was developing the movie knew it was fake, but the people who were making it at the time, the actors, mm. I think even the director, were not aware that the movie was going to be shelved immediately. It was just a, just a project to keep the rights. Which is amazing. That makes it a, a great bad movie because everyone's trying. That's the best part. It's why people love fail videos because you want to watch someone try really hard and then just fail. And that's yeah, it's there's something schadenfreude as we call it, uh, or as they call it, uh, the Germans, I believe. Uh, but it's gold. I love that's that's the kind of movie that I love. And Sharknado is is a, is a is a dodge. It's a it's a hack. It's fake. when you when you intentionally try to make a bad movie, it's it's not a joke anymore. It's like you're. you're you made it serious. It's why I don't really consider Birdemic to be really a a, a, a legitimate bad movie. I feel they like tried. I think I, I think that the, he tried, but I think there was a level where he also didn't. There's also an I didn't. I don't give a fuck in there. Uh, where uh, I don't know if it was. I, I I don't know the story of that director and his. But Birdemic Two obviously is just I want to make the, a bad Birdemic yeah. movie. Oh, so of course. With I, that, I think Michael. I think Michael in the chat said it perfectly here. Misplaced passion makes for glorious disasters. Exactly. That's uh, that's beautiful, actually, sir. Put that on a T-shirt. <laughs> Seriously. Um, you know what's a move? What's a sequel uh, issue that we should talk about in general? And this is probably a whole topic, but let's take a, a chunk because I'm sure you have a lot of thought in the subject. Horror movie sequels. Yes. Like slasher movies, all the way up to Saw movies. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to uh, the Bard from the Why Is Hero Quest So Great? Not too long ago, <laughs> and I wanted to credit him because he's the one who said that uh, Friday the 13th is a reverse remake of the Beowulf story. And oh. holy crap, did that crack open my brain and all my all the, all the my preconceived notions of being intelligent flew out. But uh, where it's, you know, it, it's, uh, I think it's uh, Chrissy is Grendel and she comes upon Hrothgar, which is actually Camp Crystal Lake. And mm -hmm. instead of it being um, the... It's it's reversed in that the beast is superseded by the by the mother, but in this case, it's oh. the mother, and then the beast replaces the mother. Like, ah, uh, which is why Interesting. I, I, which is why, and recently, sci-fi had like a marathon of Friday the Thirteenth movies, as they I, always do. I consider Friday the Thirteenth one, two, and three to be the legitimate sequels that try, even though they're also like. We can also make some bank. It's a perfect storm where they're like, we can make money, but I also have an idea. And culturally, too, you need the third one because, like, you know, friggin' Jason Voorhees doesn't become the guy we all know with the hockey mask until, like, isn't it like halfway through three he yeah, picks up the mask? exactly. Yeah. And the hockey mask is just yet another potato sack. It's just another thing to obscure his horrible face. Um that that's uh that became iconic because you'd never seen anything like that before and it was easy to just kind of like you know package and sell and throw out there but like uh you you know now it's iconic it's icon it became it becomes iconic when it's deliberate when you're not deliberately trying to be iconic mm -hmm. um but uh but with horror movies i think like sequels are implicit like even the most like earnest and open-minded sequels like halloween end with a 
but maybe there's more like <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, you always got to leave them wanting more. You always got to put that question mark at the end. You got to drop a question mark. And it's funny how I've been thinking about the, you know, like sequels and especially bad ones. Uh, and Friday the 13th is guilty of having some pretty goddamn terrible sequels as Ooh, well as yes. horror movies in general. I'm um, looking at you leprechaun. Uh, but uh, even nightmare on Elm street, everyone's got their stinkers. Nightmare on Elm street, even Friday the 13th, Jason X, when he goes into space. Oh yes. I you mean, know, you're out of ideas when you send them to space or the hood. Yeah. The hood or space or both. Um, the hood in space, space hood, space hood. <laughs> uh, but I was thinking about how, um, we kind of you kind of think to yourself that movie sequels are kind of like new you know the idea of being like oh well let's take this thing that works and then make another one and then you think back to like no even Arthur Conan Doyle made sequels to Sherlock Holmes and Planet even, of the Apes even some of the oldest sequels I can think of yeah oh my god that was a saga with more and more of that but I was thinking about how we've had well, sequels are ingrained in our culture to a degree that is to our earliest stories I don't remember there being a Gilgamesh 2 but I certainly mm. know another a, a good sequel to the Old Testament that like, yeah I mean even like our it, earliest texts that inform our religion and culture have sequels like legitimate sequels where uh you know Judeo-Christian mythology where they have the idea of the messianic figure and then Jesus kind of going out of his way to fill in the gaps so that he could be like no I am that messianic figure because <laughs> I've checked off all these criteria I am also a sequel if you will <laughs> I, I've never thought of it that way that's amazing man you know Catholicism the sequel to Judaism you've all been waiting for yeah I mean it, it, it's in one form insulting and another form blasphemous to say like no Catholicism is the sequel to Judaism but it's only selective you know you can it, it's almost like headcanon like oh, no 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 yeah. I don't choose to believe in that sequel so I'm gonna keep going with my theory with my I'm continuity I'm reminded of Futurama there where it's like wait 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 so, so all you uh, uh Jewish robots there you don't believe in robot Jesus no we do believe he was programmed and that he, he was, was a very good well bot, built <laughs> but that he was not our Messiah yeah oh. um but yeah religion and uh, and and movie sequels I was just saying that like sequels are ingrained in our culture so the the natural inclination to make sequels for me isn't necessarily implicitly a cash grab there's always the like well what happens next it's always just the the desire to complete the story even when the story might be obviously completed mm -hmm. and um, then you have like the series too where it's like no 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 i i always imagined it as a trilogy granted that's kind of been you know uh debunked as of recent it's like sure you always imagined it as a trilogy yeah and there are some who make sequels that uh that are made for that, that are made and the studio thinks it's going to be a commercial success but those who are making it have a have a real story in mind and they really really need to get it done and very specifically and very deliberately mm -hmm. and i'm thinking of the matrix and oh, how yes. the first movie you, you used it as the, as the, the cover thumbnail. of this image because it's because the matrix is in most recent history not the is, is the number one non-star wars related sequel that everybody kind of unanimously agrees never quite lives up to the promise and even matrix reloaded or uh yeah re reloaded isn't quite as bad as revolutions 
Mm. You know, Reloaded, it, it, it builds upon the basic principles of the first movie, but it goes in directions where you go, what the fuck is that? Like, I'm thinking of the Merovingian scene where he just oh, talks yeah. for 45 minutes about nothing, <laughs> and it's just, re- it's just reiterating more and more this basic principle that the Wachowskis are, and now all of a sudden you're noticing it, like, deliberately trying to get you to understand, to the point where uh, they apparently gave out to the cast and crew like copies of this book that they that informed the writing of the Matrix series, uh-huh. and, and you're like, what the fuck? Like, you have an agenda? God damn it! No, because you can tell there's there's a direction narratively speaking. If you if you study film, if you study story and structure and narrative structure, you know that there's a direction that stories naturally go in. Joseph Campbell, of course, uh, is famously one of the scholars who 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 kind of breaks that formula down and explains to you how how that goes. But with the Matrix sequels, they go in that direction because Matrix 1 is a perfect Campbellian formula, right? Hero's yeah. Journey, Hero oh, yeah. of a Thousand Faces. Uh, but you can tell, even in the Matrix 1, that the Wachowskis are going to start fucking with it. Where <laughs> normally the, the Sage character, uh, he imparts some wisdom and then he dies, which further emboldens the hero to progress on his journey. The, the Sage doesn't have to die, but oftentimes he does. Obi-Wan Kenobi, I'm thinking of specifically. Mm-hmm. But uh, with Morpheus... Morpheus does not do anything in the rest of the Matrix fan- franchise except inspire Neo, right? That's yep. what he does. And, and be then, cool-ass Lawrence Fishburne. He's a, he's a badass. If, if he were played by Sean Connery, I'll bet he would have died. And by the way, he was <laughs> going to be played by Sean Connery, except that Sean Connery didn't get it. Sean in a Connery's bunch of like, famous roles that Sean Connery gave up on because he didn't get it. We can blame uh, Sean Connery Gandalf not happening and Sean Connery Morpheus not happening all on the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is the only uh, Alan Moore movie that he signed off on. So yeah, thanks a lot, Al. Uh, Good job, buddy. Good job. Being pissy about before Watchmen and uh, uh, the V for Vendetta movie uh, does nothing to solve your problem of having endorsed that movie, which is the, the movie that pretty much made Sean Connery stop acting. He pretty much did no movies yeah, after he that. Crawled into a in, into a shell and went away. Um, but uh, but yeah, those Matrix movies, man. That's why they're so terrible. It's become a trope in back issues where it's like some part of him imprinted onto you or some part of me imprinted. <laughs> like because it's just such a deliberately hand wavy explanation. You know, like why? Are, how are you alive? And how do I sense you? Oh, you know, because I need you to be able to do that. And we don't have time because I need a forty-five minute long Merovingian scene. <laughs> The uh, the Matrix 2 also, I think, falling into, again, in my mind anyway, into the same place as Highlander and Crow. Like, okay, it's just another ubiquitous nerd franchise. Now we got the Animatrix and we got the video games and we got all the other stuff now. So now it's just a big canon continuity stew. Pick and choose whatever you want, whatever. Well, that's true. Man, though, that third one. I made a rainbow for Neo. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, what what's another horrible movie sequel that you probably had to whip up very very quickly before we started the show? Uh, well, you know, I I got a bunch of them in front of me right now. You know, there's there's a lot of bad comedy sequels. That's like, it's it's with comedy movies, it it, it should always be a default no. Should we make a sequel to that no? Because it's a, it's a comedy. It by itself the- stands. It's a joke. It's like a joke. Like don't make a sequel to a joke. Don't make a sequel to a comedy. 
But the, the 22 Jump Street one hit it perfectly when they're like, just do the same thing again, but different. But I think that was them deliberately just taking, like making lemons or lemonade out of lemons where they're like, we're going to make it anyway. It was like Gremlins 2. Yeah. Which is a great movie sequel where they're like, we're going to make it with or without you. And it's like, okay, well, then I, I guess I have to do it and I have to work on it. Uh, with 22 Jump Street, it's like, we're going to make a 22 Jump Street whether you fucking want to or not. And uh, them kind of making a movie, like, criticizing that motivation is brilliant. Was genius. Yeah. Here's a, here's some good ones for you. Yeah. Uh, the, the Hangover sequels, oh, both yeah. of them are god-awful. Yep. And, and and everyone unanimously kind of agrees, why did you do that? You didn't – the first Hangover, one of the best modern comedies of the last 10 years, it was perfect. It had a beginning, middle, and end. Characters grew. They changed. They were somewhere different at the end of it. It was all a good, good time. Yeah. Literally within the first five minutes, I remember when I watched uh, Hangover 2 and I never finished it because that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. The first five minutes in where you see that uh, all the characters have regressed to the way they were back in the first one mm -hmm. and they're being assholes for no reason. It's like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. We made a bad choice here. <laughs> and from then, they literally just repeat all the beats from the first movie. Ugh. Funny animal, uh, crazy cameo. And I'm like, yep, you just threw this into the sequel-o-matic. Yeah. And you basically just made the same movie again in a different place good job this is everything wrong with comedy sequels right here yeah although you know it's funny there's some sequels that do the exact that do that exact thing and people are like i don't care i want more rush hour yeah absolutely everyone i, I find most people like rush hour two more than one although uh, I, everyone I, I, agrees I, I, rush hour three sucks yeah i, I will actually <laughs> agree with the rush hour two thing rush hour two yeah uh yeah and let, I just, I think let, it's just let us also include while we're on the Jackie Chan thing, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights, Shang same deal. <laughs> I didn't see Shanghai Nights. <laughs> Shanghai Nights actually isn't too bad. It's actually pretty funny. Okay. It's, uh, it's Jackie Chan screwing around in Britain doing his Charlie Chaplin kung fu shtick. Right. Okay. Uh, a lot of people are mentioning the Blues Brothers 2000. Oh, yeah. That's a movie that's like, what the f And then you find out John Landis made that movie and you go, oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, indeed. There was no point to that. There's no reason for that, and they. But what's amazing was them doing it in the worst possible way. There's no. There's, really there did. is no sequel to Blues Brothers. Like no. And I don't mean like let's all just cover our eyes and pretend. I just mean narratively, Absolutely. there can't be a sequel to Blues Brothers. Mm -mm. Like the story is done. That is yeah. all the story that's left, as proven by showing you Blues Brothers 2000. Uh, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Another one that I find is kind of a shitty sequel, although uh, Tiffany would agree would disagree with me, is Hannibal. Oh yeah, but I totally forgot about Hannibal. Yeah, that that's how most people feel. I know everyone usually shits on Red Dragon. I like Red Dragon. I like Red Dragon too. Not okay, a, you and me, Red Dragon. Yeah, not like. Do you see? Do you see? Yeah, like that was kind of interesting. Um, but that's more of a prequel than a sequel. It is. Uh, it but, really is. But Hannibal, man, what the fuck? It was. It it took. Well, it, it proved that you don't. You shouldn't have Hannibal in a whole movie. Mm. And uh, it also kind of like ruins the magic of the first one. It doesn't ruin the first one. Silence of the Lambs is one of those one movies. One of the greatest movies. I think I have like a list of ten, and I don't have an official one, but it's a perfect film. It, it is. does everything and, like, that it to wants to do. To make a sequel to that is really ballsy yeah, and maybe ill-advised. I think Tom Harris did a book sequel first, he but did. that doesn't necessarily mean that's a good idea. Um, but yeah, the Sons of the Lambs is a perfect movie. It, mm. it does. It, it like I. You know what else I consider to be a perfect movie? The Fugitive. Yeah, yeah. Which has its own sequel, 
uh, U.S. Marshals. Which, again, I imagine most people didn't even know that was a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Um, damn it, U.S. Marshals. What the crap? Uh, yeah, so anyway. Um, oh, dude, Mr. Pink just reminded me there was Hannibal, and then there was another prequel, Hannibal Rising. Oh, my God. Did you see it? I saw Hannibal Rising. Did you see it? I did not. Nor did I see they, the show, but... Uh, the show's actually pretty I've heard decent. good things about the show, but what The show is like the... Ultimate Universe Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what is what it is. All right, what is Hannibal but, Rising? Okay, so Hannibal Rising. Okay, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. I can't believe I actually <laughs> got a chance to talk about this. Okay, yeah. so Hannibal Rising. We see young little boy Hannibal walking around during, like, World War II, and his family is killed by, like, war criminals who eat them to survive the winter. And then he goes to Japan okay. to train as a samurai because apparently, like, his uncle married a Japanese woman. And they totally rip off uh what is it frank miller's wolverine run in japan where he goes through that gets the skills that he needs to go and fight the war criminals which he does and then at the end like the japanese woman he loved where it's like okay i got my revenge now we're cool right even though i ate all those people and she's like you know how could i love you there's nothing left in you to love and he's like no wow fuck that <laughs> It is – it's kind of amazing. Like I think I remember watching it just like this, like, like what oh, is happening? Are they actually doing this? <laughs> That's what it was. That sucks. It's so bad it's actually kind of amazing. It's like a, it's like it, a glorious train wreck. It is, and talk about like another movie where it's like you got you guys actually did try here. You actually thought you were doing something <laughs> special and something amazing here. That's funny. Also, Daniel reminds me, fuck the Karate Kid remake. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, you hated on this one pretty solidly before. I will say also, Karate Kid 2, just as good as Karate Kid 1. Um, Karate Kid 3, not so great, <laughs> but not nearly as bad as Karate Kid 4. Well, Karate Kid 3 is another example of the let's just do the same thing over again, but different. They basically recycled the plot from the first movie all over well, again. Karate Kid 4 is definitely that, where it's like, let's just do the same thing, but with a girl. Oh, um, yeah, that's right, with a young, uh, what's her Hillary face? Hillary Swank. Young Hillary Swank. Yeah, uh, wow, that movie's not great. But Michael Ironside's in it, so that can't be that bad. Um, <laughs> I'll also say, uh, a lot of, this is like, this used to be the Godfather 3 category, where everyone's like, Godfather 3 should not exist. Um, yeah, they're right, it's real bad. Uh, but there are a few moments in Godfather 3 that are great. Does it warrant the whole movie? Hell no. Mm-mm. Um, Godfather 2 is perfect, uh, although I prefer Godfather 1. I think I think Godfather 1 is perfect. I think Godfather 2 is great. I wouldn't it's, say perfect. I think it's great. It, it's the Empire v. Star Wars debate where it's like the first one is better because it's focused like a laser. The yeah. second one has more features, but it's a little bit more bloated. I don't know. I think Empire – what Empire does, I don't think it's bloated in as much as Empire does a better job at world building and oh, character God, yeah. building. Um, it actually everything we quote from Star Wars is from Empire. And the fact is, with Empire, you're like, okay, we, we get the archetypes in the first movie, and then in the second one we challenge them, which yeah. is really cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, Godfather Three sucks. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of things wrong with it. Number one, it's in the wrong era. Like it, it's too soon. You know what I mean? It's too modern. Mm. Uh, number two, the actors are just like modern, like they're actors that are working to that day, like during that time, like Ch uh, uh, Andy Garcia and that mm. guy from Airheads and a couple other <laughs> people. And you're like, what the fuck? These guys aren't good. 
and it's like, yeah, that's because the, the you because Francis Ford Coppola is starting to drink his own Kool Aid and believe <laughs> no wrong, and uh, and then he hired his daughter to play Michael Corleone's daughter, and you're like, wow, Sofia Coppola needs to go away like tomorrow. Uh, mm. And then she made that, like, I mean, like, cut to a few years later, and she made Lost in Translation, which I think is terrible. But I'm in the minority on that one. <laughs> uh, Neil Neil in the chat came up with two perfect ones. Technically comic book ones, but no one knows these ones were comic either. Men in Black 2 Men in and Black 3. 2 might be the most disappointing sequel I had seen in recent years. You had that so much Star potential, Wars. and you fucked it so hard. It was literally just, I, that was... That ruined Barry Sonnenfeld as a creator for me because mm. I was like, okay, he doesn't have any integrity, doesn't care because he made the movie and it's like it's literally just the first one but less intelligent and with less subtlety. Yeah, um, and I, I've said it before too. They had that great Men in Black animated series, which was way better, <laughs> a million times better. The true sequel in my mind, the true continuation of the Men in Black adventures, is in the cartoon and yeah. nowhere else. Yeah. Do they explain uh, where uh, where Kay goes? In the cartoon, no, K stays on and is his partner through the rest so of the So it's like just an alternate reality where at the end of the movie he doesn't mind wife K. Yeah, yeah, I get you know, it's funny. Wow, so I never thought of that. Cause <laughs> yeah, because the morgue lady sticks around and is an agent, but K is there too. Yeah, wow, I never thought of yeah. that. I assumed it just kind of took place in between where it's like, okay, these are all the adventures they had before they defeated the bug and everything. But wait, that's impossible because that was all in his first... Week. Wow, man, you're blown. How did I never think of this? <laughs> yeah, and that's all the problem. Words. I mean, like, uh, yeah, and then you watch Men in Black 3 and you're like, holy shit, Tommy Lee Jones looks about a thousand years old. Oh, no. Talk um, about way too little, way too late yeah. as far as sequels go. Nothing... There's nothing redeeming about 2. There's nothing no. that they bring to the table that you would give a shit about. Um, the villain is terrible. The CG is god-awful. The puppetry yep. is, like, lazy. Uh, oh, yeah. There's no character development. Uh, there's hand-wavy explanations. Poor Rosario Dawson, I think, was either introduced mm -hmm. in this movie or at least she was one of the... It was one of her first, like, big-time breakout movies. And she's... She... I, I thought she was a bad actress. But what's obvious is she's just like, I don't know what to make of this movie. There's Ooh, a moment cool. where... At the end of the movie, when they reveal that she's the light of Zartha... Yeah. Uh... That's the only good part is the light of Zartha, like uh, Men in Black tape that they show from David Cross. God, I wish I could have just watched that. That was funny. Uh, but uh, but the light of Zartha, when they're like, all right, we got to find the light. Where's the light? And then Kay goes right here. And she literally just goes, I'm the light. Yeah. Like that. That's real. Really? That's the laziest thing we could have done. But there um, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do we count all the Hobbit movies? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, that's that they can't really call those sequels. They made they like film those back to back with all one thing in mind, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody was gonna make them until they were like, oh, uh, we still have more left. <laughs> I feel so bad. You got to watch the documentaries where Peter Jackson's like, I didn't want to do this. I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no plan. Uh, they like. They called me. I, we didn't have. They had. They didn't have scripts finished yet. Ooh, they had Andy Circus. First of all, they had Andy Circus directing second unit movie stuff. Jesus. And secondly, they were just shooting battle scenes that had no beginning, middle, or end or point, just so they could like have them in the can. We're gonna use this later. Yeah, you know, it's funny too talking about writing without a script finished. Yeah, that was the same thing for Men in Black too. They all signed on with no script finished. That's you don't do that. Don't no. sign sight unseen, man. F that. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Die Hard 5 is the worst Die Hard movie ever made. Which which one is 5? I forget. That's the one with Jai Courtney. Oh, as his son when he goes to like Russia and he's like, I'm on vacation. Where he's the where he's just a where uh, John McClane and Bruce Willis kind of merge into one person and become like this bullheaded dick. Who yeah, is, wow. Ta- who goes to a foreign it. country and then just punches people for asking legitimate questions. Mm-hmm. Talk about a series that became a total parody of itself by the end. The the whole point of of Die Hard movies is that they're they don't start out as Die Hard movies. They're other movies. Like the first one's Die Hard, and then all the other ones are other movies that don't that that were scripts for you know pretty okay generic movies, but then with some Die Hard shit in there. You put some John McClane in there, and suddenly it goes up a notch. Yeah, they're literally just movies that you know like okay, so they're gonna steal gold in New York City. Fine. Like, that's all right. We'll sit on it. Maybe, like, when there's a lazy summer, we'll we'll put it out. But then it's like, well, why don't I put John McClane in there? And then all of a sudden, it's awesome, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Those are what Die Hard movies are. Just like the Predator formula is, there's a really cool action movie in there, and then the Predator shows up and makes it even more awesome. That's what you <laughs> Love do. Love it. Uh, the Predator interrupts the flow of your actual action movie and becomes another action movie. Just like mm-hmm. that, Die Hard is another movie that didn't work, and then you just throw uh, John McClane in there, and, you go, and you're ready to go. Um Man, but Die Hard 5, they were like, let's write a Die Hard movie. That's why Die Hard 4, which they call... uh, uh, A good day to die hard. I thought that was Live Free or Die Hard, but I don't remember which one it is. Oh, no, no, A Good Day to Die Hard was another one they had in the bank that they never used. I thought thought that was the fifth one. I don't even remember what the hell the fifth one was. They're all stupid. It's hard to keep track of them. Yeah, Uh, but... um, the fourth one, which I call Die Hard 4.0, because I think that was the European name, which I kind of dug Ooh. because it was Ooh. like, it's awful, but it's better than like Live Free or Die Hard. It, it, um, it's letting you know right out of the gate, look, Die Hard 4.0, guys, come yeah. on. Uh, what, but, what, what do you want from us? But I kind of dug it. I, I don't like that it's like kind of blue because it's like directed by by uh, by Wiesman, who did Underworld. Once that's you know right. the Underworld guy did, did Die Hard 4, you're like, oh, that's why everything's dark and blue. But... Uh, <laughs> But it's still pretty fun, and it still follows the Die Hard formula, where it's like there's this plot. It's it's obviously another script, and then they put John McClane in there. He has a te- he has a team up with a with a with another with a little buddy. Like he has a sidekick, um, but this time it's his daughter, and the daughter's not bad either. Like it's fun, and uh, Ola Fantastic is a great douchebag. Yeah. Like if you ever saw Catch and Release, you're like fuck you. <laughs> like this guy is such an unsympathetic douchebag, and you're like yeah. Uh, Ola Fant can only play bad guys. It's um, true. But uh, but Die Hard 5 is unforgivably terrible. You know, while we're talking about those old action guy movies, uh, I, I know the jury's kind of out on Rocky 4. Some people really like Rocky 4. Some people don't like Rocky 4. But I think we can all agree Rocky 5 is some bullshit. Yes. Oh, easily. Oh, no, no, no. No question. I, 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 there's a lot of... there's You you like Rocky 3. Most people would say Rocky 3 sucks, too. But 3 is uh, my favorite because Lang, fool. Uh, Rocky 4 is not a good movie. It no. is... It, it incur- you know what's funny though but it's interesting how they kind of criticize America in its own way because yeah it's a when weird the Russians show up like America's like woo and they make this whole posture and that's where Apollo Creed dies it's just all this America like it's it's in your face and it's- they go in half cocked and everything gets fucked up because of it yeah it's it's like warning the the dangers of 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 uh, 
believing your own hype, which I kind of D- dug. Don't believe in American exceptionalism because a super Russian might punch you to death while you're wearing an Uncle Sam costume. <laughs> exactly. I think that's kind of a cool concept, but it has too many montages and it's just not very good. And um, at the end, when it just becomes pure propaganda, where Rocky defeats the Soviet Union through the power of a slurred speech. Yes. Uh, not great. It's not five but it's not it's not great i also missed rocky balboa but i think i heard it's fantastic well well here's the hilarious thing about five five you know is or five is bad because it's pure navel gazing is what it is it's like you know i gotta get back to my roots in philadelphia i gotta walk around you know sets and scenes from the first movie and i gotta tell my kid that's that you know fighting is wrong but then you know i'll have a street fight at the end with tommy gunn and the you know don king stand in yeah which which is really bad and poorly explained eat navel gazes and it's bad the problem with that is is that they navel gazed way too soon rocky balboa does the exact same thing many years later of him going back and walking around Philly, but now Stallone is actually old and you actually buy it now. Yeah. Similarly, uh, Creed is basically just Rocky Balboa, but with a more fun plot. <laughs> yeah, with with another guy now, essentially. It's it's the Karate Kid 4. With, we'll bring in a new one. We'll pass the baton, but actually have it be good. Right, except Miyagi still trains the Hillary Swank. It's not that, like, Daniel... Like, t- inherits the dojo because Miyagi dies and he trains. I would have more respect for it, although I will say, uh, Miyagi's the reason to watch those movies. It's true. Uh, Pat Morita is fucking unbelievable, and it's a sin that he- we lost him so early. But, uh, hey, 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 you know, uh, the actor who played Daniel, he, has- he isn't doing much these days. Don't give him that pitch where it's like, okay, so look, Daniel inherits the dojo. Oh, my and God. And it's all these years later, and he's got to train a new kid yeah. to karate. Somebody misinterpreted our comments. We like Creed, and we were just talking about how great it was. So Oh, yeah, we love out. Creed. Creed's really but, good. Uh, Creed was one of the best movies of last year. Yeah, ex- yeah, I saw it on a plane. I was like, this is fucking solid. It's wonderful. Um. All the Alien and Predator movies after 1990, with the exception of Predators. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's really fair. Like even Alien Three, it, it has it's it's at least trying to do something. It's got its moments. It's got Ron Perlman, right? He's in that no, one. No, that's the fourth one. Oh shit! He plays a space pirate, and it's written by Joss Whedon, and it's fucking unwatchable. Yeah, it is. Uh, but uh, that's the one with the with the little babby alien. With the with the with the humanoid alien that's like huge and it like gets sucked through a hole and you're like, what the fuck did I waste my time doing? Yeah, they were yeah. also re- if you ever watch uh, Alien Resurrections behind the scenes DVD featurettes, there's a featurette that just says like, I can't believe we got Winona Ryder in this movie, <laughs> and she and they just talk about how great Winona Ryder is. She might be the worst part of that movie, <laughs> but she was hot at that time. Yeah, yeah. They're like, I can't believe like she was doing fucking Sense and Sensibility or whatever, and she's doing it now. Like it's amazing. I'm like, fuck those movies. Alien Three is not great, but at least it's trying. But I'm still happy that the that the Neil Blomkamp alien movie that they might or might not make at this point will unmake it. (laughs) Uh, Alien versus Predator wasn't very good, but it was kind of a guilty pleasure in a dumb way when you actually finally get to see them fight. Requiem or whatever the one they did after that one, that one was... Yeah, Requiem was boring. It's like, how can you have Predators and aliens fighting each other and have it be so goddamn boring? I fucking hate both those movies. I mean, like, the first one's not good. I'll it's give you not that good. Like, it's not good fundamentally. Uh, first of all, you have 
no. You know what? That's a whole thing. Talking about aliens and predator. Just say, just, just trust me. AVP and AVPR, which is hilarious because AVPR they only call it Requiem because it starts with the letter R, and they wanted you to know that it was R rated. Uh, is garbage. As are, uh, yeah. So those are the yeah. Predators is great. Yeah, Predators is the one good one. Yeah, it's too bad they didn't have like the budget. It made its, I think it made its money back, but I don't remember if that's true. Um, but I dug the hell out of Predators, and I'm sad hell, that we're not going to get a sequel to that. We're only getting yeah, but, a Shane Black reboot, which is fine. Which should be all right in its own way. Uh, Egg, well, we're on the subject of all these '80s gems. There, the RoboCop sequel. RoboCop. You know, uh, that's that's got a soft spot for me and Joel, and you'll see why at the. Probably tomorrow morning because I still have to cut the finish. Like I'm, I'm a halfway done editing that episode of Back Issues, but a uh, little teaser for like the next few hours. RoboCop uh, sequels good. are all bad because they lost the fact that Verhoeven. It was a parody. It was a satire. Yes, uh, I was. You took when, RoboCop too seriously and you fucked it up. RoboCop is a parody. RoboCop is not a superhero. RoboCop is not uh, a character that you like look up look up to. He's a, he's a failure. He, f- he loses every single time he does anything. Uh, even, like, he gets broken and destroyed three times in the first movie. And sure then does. the only way he wins is by having an old man fire another guy. That's how he wins. Like it's And even then, he doesn't really win. That's the beautiful part no! of the satire. No! Oh, yeah, like that's the thing in RoboCop. The bad guys won. Not only did the bad guys win, they have been winning for, you know, hundreds of years at this point in this universe. Yeah. No, that sucks. And RoboCop 2 and 3 and the series, like RoboCop the show, garbage. Which one? There was like two cartoons. No, I mean the live action series. How did I miss a live action (laughs) RoboCop series? Because it was probably on for like maybe a few episodes. But there was a a RoboCop cartoon show. There was two. And the remake. That's right. Which is, it's, it's the worst thing. It might be worse than all the sequels. I think we talked about this too in remakes where I said what annoyed me the most about the RoboCop remake is that there was a germ of a good idea in there. Where it's like, you know, let's take RoboCop, make it about the military industrial complex and talk about drone warfare. But then they're like, ah, damn it. We're a summer blockbuster. We're too dumb to do that. Yeah. But like, what about just RoboCop then? I mean, like there's the, the, like I said in the, I think in the remake episode, that scene though, where he's like just a head and lungs, not a bad chilling. idea. Cool image. That was cool. Cool moment. And well well acted. Like, really well put together. Um, I've only got a couple more li- ones on my list, so take it away, Joel. What do you got left? Oh, geez. Well, uh, again, in the, the first one isn't good, but the sequels were much worse. The Transformers sequels. Yeah, they're all pretty bad, although I think I like the Marky Mark one more than all the Transformers sequels. Like, all, like, two and three. Never saw the Marky Mark one, although I did hear that because at least the robots don't look awful in the Marky Mark one. The only thing is Optimus Prime, the one, the third one with uh, Leonard Nimoy playing like the old <laughs> Autobot that turned coat, like and hates. Mm, yes. Where he's like, please, Optimus, don't kill me. He's like, <laughs> die. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm like, what the hell's happening? We, you gotta, <laughs> if you have never watched it, by the way, fucking, oh no, that might be another one, but I don't remember which one it is now. Um, uh, uh, Optimus, of course, going to that Spock school of heroics from Into Darkness, where it's like, fuck you, fuck you, yeah, fuck you. They're all horrible. It's just the four is hilarious. It's got uh, Stanley Tucci yelling, oh my god. <laughs> you gotta watch, uh, You got if you ever watch Transformers 4, look us up on either SoundCloud or here on uh, YouTube, uh, the Transformers Age of Extinction um, 
audio commentary that we create. It is fucking hilarious. Ben's on that show, but you'll never know it because about 20 minutes in, he falls asleep. Man after my own heart. You might hear him snore a little bit, but it's fucking amazing. Because <laughs> it, it's hilarious. We're shooting the show, and we're just, we're making, Ethan and Tiffany and I are like cracking jokes. And, like I, and I don't hear anything from Ben for a good 45 minutes. And I'm assuming that Ben's like, these guys are fucking jerks. They're just, they're talking over this hilarious, amazing movie. And then <laughs> the lights come on, and he goes, whoa. And I'm like, fucking, were you asleep? <laughs> How Maybe. could you be asleep? We had like the audio on and the, the woofer going. It's amazing. The biggest indictment of the Transformers franchise. The loudest, most incomprehensible one Ben fell asleep during. Yep. Um, Indiana Jones 4 is garbage. Don't yes, waste your is. time. There's nothing it, good it, about it. It didn't happen. It, it didn't, didn't even happen. happen. Uh, and the one of the worst movies on this list for me, and it's just because it's just, it's just so bad, it's not even worth it, is Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day. Oh, yeah. It... Okay, so there have been a lot of rumors about Troy Duffy and, like, what a racist, misogynist, bigot douchebag he is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's really implicit in the first Boondock Saints movie. Ever watch it? If you're, in, if you're like, a sophomore in college, Boondock Saints, the coolest movie ever. That's uh, when I saw it. Yeah, but uh, then you watch it again as an adult, and you're like, this is really dumb. And the only thing that's really well done is the last, is, like, the, the, the end of the movie, where it's, like, all the interviews... Which, which was taken it. from another movie that he filmed about Miramax screwing him over. Oh, yeah. Uh... It has a name. I can't remember. that. Like, those scenes that we like are taken from a documentary he shot after the fact. Yeah. I can't remember what it was called. I, th- I want to say it was, like, it was some. It was something really terrible. But, uh, but yeah, Moondog Saints 2 is, like, oh, this guy, because he says that Miramax screwed him over. Because they, I think they were going to release the movie around the same time the Columbine happened. And it was, like, Ooh. dudes in trench coats going and, like, dispensing justice <sighs> is not what we want to be in the business doing right now. So, uh... They shelved it, and he was like, and he, so he fucking like, like overnight. Thank you, uh, was the name of the documentary about him, um, and it was hilarious because I remember he was like, this is overnight is a fucking slam piece, and they were like, if it was a slam piece, we would have left in all the footage about you to- disparaging women and talking about gays and like all that stuff. We left all that stuff out. No, this is a movie about you being an incompetent filmmaker. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and nothing is more proof positive that Boondock Saint that, that Troy Duffy is a. Uh, an incompetent filmmaker more than Boondock Saints 2 All Saints Day. I've told this story before, but it bears repeating when I was watching that movie where it totally broke for me is that the big exposition character going into the third act is Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys, a well-known Canadian character actor, comedian, who gets this big scene. And I'm like, you're not in Boston. You you filmed this in Toronto. You fuck right off. You you don't think I would know that that's Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys? That's amazing. He gets a huge scene. And that's the thing, too. Like, Ricky from the Trailer Park Boys, he's playing an Italian gangster. He's about as Italian as I am. (laughs) And I'm like, I can't, like, that just shattered the movie for me in my mind. I'm like, yep, can't take this seriously now. Yeah. Somebody mentioned the Kill Bill sequels. I don't count them as sequels because it's all one movie. Tarantino and shot I... Kill Bill Volumes 1 and 2 as one full movie. And the the Weinsteins were like, we could either release a huge movie or we could make double our profits if we cut it in half and release two movies. And I uh, like both of them. So, yeah, it, it, it's basically just one movie. But like I get but I get that it kind of does have like a, a an actual like stop. Um, and... You, it does feel like two movies, but trust me, it's one It's one full movie. Uh, here's one that people might have forgotten about. Jeepers Creepers 2. Yeah, Jeepers Creepers ain't bad. 
it's it's a slick horror movie made by an actual child predator. Oh. Did did you know that? You know, I might have known that, but I don't recall. That's yeah, awful. The, the director of that movie worked on powder and like he actually oh, went to Oh, it's the powder guy. <laughs> yeah, it's the powder guy because he was touching the kids oh, no. on, the, on the set of that movie. So yeah, a frightening movie made by a frightening human being. Yeah, that's which, awful. Sh- which shit, when you look at the subtext of the first Jeepers Creepers, this horrible trench-coated monster following around a young Justin Long. Yeah, no thanks. Holy crap. Yeah, wow. I know, right? Yeah. And and the sequel is even worse cuz like he turns up the homoeroticism like 100%. Does he come back to make the second one? Is it like Yes, he, yes he, did. he got he got out of jail and got to make the sequel. <laughs> that's uh that's terrifying and horrible. That is horrifying. That's like nuts, isn't it? Yeah, that is not cool. No, not cool at all. And the sequel wasn't very good. And it class- wasn't good either. <laughs> And it wasn't good either, you know, the fact that this actual monster was directing an actual monster movie. Because it does that thing that every bad horror sequel does, and that is, you know, we had a monster that was, you know, mostly shown in shadows, mostly a mystery. Let's just show a whole bunch of the monster then. Yeah, don't do that. Jeepers Creepers reminded me of Tremors for some reason. I think it's because you're trapped in a place and you can't leave it and there's a monster that's going to pick you off. But anyway... And of course, you know all of uh, all of uh, Tremors uh, deserves accolades for its brilliant sequels and, and franchises. <laughs> uh, anything else on your list, or can we can we round it out with our thoughts about bad movie sequels? Let's uh, let's lightning round these. Uh, Police Academy Two. Fuck them all, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like everyone after the first one. Ooh, The Ring Two. There's yeah, another. Um, no, I bet most people don't even remember The Ring Two was a thing. Tiffany remembers The Ring Two because she's a big fan of horror of Japanese horror films. I, I liked the first ring a whole lot. I never thought a PG-13 movie could scare me as much as that. It was I saw that one. I saw that one in the theaters me when too. it came out. Yeah, that was yeah. for me. I was like, oh, you, uh, oh, I see. Like that was my first exposure to Japanese horror. I think, and it was of course made by, uh, you know, I think it was actually made by the same guy who made Ringu. I think he directed Ring One. I don't remember if that's yeah. Term, but... Anyway. And, and, and it was actually in Japan, which was kind of cool. Ooh, Son of the Mask, but that's a Jamie Kennedy movie. No one saw that. Fuck Son of the Mask. Donnie Darko 2, the fucking, uh, the, uh, all the other Daniel Craig movies in the Bond franchise except Skyfall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all the Taken sequels. All the Taken sequels. I, I would say the Expendable sequels, but then I'm like, no, not even the first one was any good. I didn't like the first one, but I did like the second one. They're all garbage, did- but, like, the second one at least has, like, some fun. Uh, Staying Alive, the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Now you're just deep diving. We don't need to do that. <laughs> it's true. That's a whole episode there. Like Basic Instinct 2 from right. 2006. Like, come on. No. Uh, yeah. Who but saw the... that? Hmm? A, a bunch of people in the chat were saying Be Cool, the sequel to Get Shorty. Yes. Fuck that movie in particular. You got to like The Rock, though, in that one. That was kind of him coming out of his shell as an actor being like, look, I'll sing a song. I'll debase myself on film. It's oh, all yeah. good. Ooh, somebody reminded me when I was talking about horror movies, the one that got me into it was Scream. I loved oh. Scream, and I hated Scream 2 and 3 and 4. I didn't see, but uh, Scream no, 2 and 3 was like garbage. But you Nor know what's funny? Scream the TV series. I'm not even bothering. But I did, but you know what's funny? Uh, HBO, for whatever reason, was repeating Scream a bunch of times, so I watched Scream. Fucking, it's not good. No, that movie has not aged well at all. In fact, it seems kind of annoying now. Uh, it is really annoying, but if you want to know what 1998 was like, you just watch oh, God, Scream. Yes. 
oh, it's a time gap. So also, hey, Jamie Kennedy again. Yep. I like Jamie Kennedy in that movie back then. Now the you way, look at uh, it's like, oh my god, you're a horrible, you know, like minstrel show version of nerds and like genre fans, aren't you? Yep. Somebody oh, Conan me. the Destroyer, there's another good one. Conan, terrible sequel. Mm-hmm. Great movie, terrible sequel. Um, it was just cheaper and not as good. Yep, and, and PG-13, I think, or PG. It was just like, <sighs> yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Um, I can't wait for King Conan. Oh, is that still happening? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I hope so, but like, no. But, uh... There you go, guys. I think we could wrap it up from there. That was just a fun little lightning round. There's a lot of movies that still fall into this category of terrible movie sequels. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, we didn't do the superheroes because we'll do that in another episode. That is a whole um, other the show. The Craft, that didn't have a sequel. Or if it did, fucking nobody else knows that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, movie movie sequels in, don't inherently mean they're going for a cash grab. But, uh, you know, only... But I find that when they are usually tripping over themselves to try and get that get that dollar, is when you get these horrible movie sequels. Which is like, Ooh, the Never Ending Story. There's another oh series that boy. had a bunch of weird sequels. Two was like two was one of my first. It was uh, it was two, and uh, Ninja Turtles three that proved that that taught me as a child that they can make bad movies. <laughs> Even things you like can suck. I kind of like the. Th- third uh, never-ending story if only because jack black is the villain in that <laughs> a young spelt jack black playing a punk gang leader yeah god damn it but uh but yeah uh, joel thoughts on terrible movie sequels just kind of like rounding out the topic itself uh you know what sometimes you can actually see a bad sequel coming from a mile away sometimes you can't though that's true yeah sometimes it's like you hope for the best i mean i remember uh prometheus had everything going for it and people were like this is going to be... And I was like, this is going to be fucking awesome. And while my my opinion has weakened on that movie, like, I I still kind of maintain it's not bad. It's still not great. And it's a kind of an insulting sequel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. But I do like that ship, and Idris Elba's cool. Sure is. Also, I consider Prometheus to be more of a sequel to Blade Runner than I Yeah, because of the robot movie. stuff. Well, because Tyrell's in canon in that movie. Oh. Yeah. And it's cool. Mm. I like I like the the world building in that. Like, uh, uh, Waylon and Tyrell are like friendly rivals. Mm. And there's an email or whatever you would have an email be in that universe where laser mail. Yeah, where Waylon sends Tyrell a message where he's like, "I've I've beaten you at your own game. Like when you meet my David, like you'll see how I've beaten you at your replicants." <laughs> and you're like, "That's fun." <laughs> Like it's it's so nerdy and so very specific and has nothing to do with plot. I'm like, that's fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I like that. And I, and of course, David is all like, it's funny. David as a character could have been in an apartment in like on Earth or on in space. He would have had the same crisis of faith and everything. Like it would. It's it's very cool. I really like yeah. that character. Um, there's a lot. That's the thing is that like. There are some movie sequels that have really, really solid ideas or have really, oh, really yeah. great executions. Uh, Jurassic Park 2. I think that, I mean, like, Steven Spielberg is obviously a very talented director. That movie's not great. No. And there's a lot of reasons for that, but it still has some great moments. Um, so, there you have it. Uh, terrible movie sequels! We're back in business here on the Elseworlds Exchange. Joel, thank Hell you so yeah. much for being here. And, it's all uh, a pleasure. Of course, don't forget to check the description box below this video to go and subscribe to Cape Joel. Uh, you will do that, and uh, you'll make him proud. Uh, hey, anything happening on Cape Joel that you can look forward to uh, sharing with our people at home? 
Uh, well, you know, I'm trying to catch up on some of the comics I missed while I was away. I got Green Arrow number eight up. I got Superman number eight up. Yeah. Uh, I will be having the new All-Star Batman up later tonight, so be sure to keep your eyes peeled to the channel for that one. Uh, the Comic Multiverse will be coming back. We will be recording a special episode this Friday. Get that out nice and early to the patrons. If you're not a patron, that'll be going up the regular Wednesday time, so look for that there. Nice. Uh, here on Comic Pop, you can look forward to a brand new Back Issues, which was shot on location at New York Comic Con, starring none other than our own Cape Joel. So uh, keep an eye out for that, and we'll see you guys next time. Of course, don't forget to like, subscribe, and all that jazz. And if you're listening to this on iTunes or SoundCloud, make sure to check us out over on YouTube at youtube.com slash comic pop. Thanks a lot for watching, everybody, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. So,